You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hey guys, this is episode 57 of the Blended Family Podcast. I'm actually doing something different today. I had planned on doing an episode on how to stop an argument with your kids, but I'm going to do that next week instead. Today, I I just want to talk about what's been going on in my life this week. Those of you who are part of the private Facebook group are aware that our son was in a horrific car accident last weekend. And I only posted it there as it's a very personal group and it was a really scary time. If you're not already part of that group, you can find us at blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash group. I wanted to share with you all this week the details of what happened because I know some of you are wondering, and thank you, by the way, to everyone in the group who reached out and sent me some love. We really needed it. So it's not going to be a long show today. It has honestly been one of the worst weeks of my entire life, and Sean and I are drained, exhausted, and stressed. So last Saturday, our son was almost killed in a car accident. We got the dreaded phone call, you know, the one you fear from the moment your kids are born. Last Saturday, which was December 5th, Our son was going to be hanging out with his friends. We were on our way to work around 8 o'clock at night, and Sean's ex-wife called screaming that Shawnee had been in an accident. She had no information at that point. But after she called, we started getting all these texts from our daughter's friends who live over there, some who had actually seen the accident. The texts were saying things like, there's been a terrible accident, and it doesn't look like there are survivors, and there's people laying on the ground. They didn't know that this was our child involved in the accident. They were just reporting what they saw. So at this point, we were terrified. We realized that this must be the same accident and we think he's dead and we don't know what to do. We're about an hour away from Orlando. So we turn the car around and start heading that way. And thank goodness about 15, 20 minutes later, We get a call from the chaplain of the hospital who informed us that our son was alive and conscious, which was a huge relief, that he had some injuries, but nothing life-threatening. So we drove to the hospital in silence, neither one of us knowing what to say or think. It seemed like the ride took forever, as you can imagine, and we really didn't know what we were going to be walking into. When we got there, I found Sean's ex-wife, Amy, in the ER, and when we embraced, she whispered in my ear that our son has a fractured skull, among some other injuries. So at this point, we went back to go see him, but as it was a trauma unit, they wouldn't let us back because a few minutes prior, someone new came in and they were treating that person and they kind of put everything on lockdown. I think it was an hour before they allowed us back. 
Amy had already showed us a photo before going in, which prepared us for what we were about to see. My poor baby boy, who is 16, by the way, but still our baby, had a swollen black eye, severe road rash, a broken hand, and of course, the skull fracture. But he was speaking. He didn't quite remember what happened after the car went airborne, only what happened before, and I'll get to those details in a minute. Anyways, we were there all night until about six in the morning on Sunday when they moved him into ICU from the trauma unit, and he stayed there until Monday, and then they moved him out of ICU. Tuesday, he was released to come home. And those of you who are in the Facebook group saw the photos and also the video of him up and moving around. He's the type of kid that won't stay down for long. He he still needs, though, 24-hour care at this point because there is still swelling in the brain and they're concerned about any type of hit to the head or fall. But he's doing amazingly well for someone who went through what he went through, um, which I'll get to now. Now our, our biggest hurdle really with him at home is trying to get him to sit down because they don't want him hitting his head. So the circumstances of the accident are pieced together from different accounts, so I really can't get too detailed with it. I know there were five boys in the car, and they were driving to get some food, which was only five minutes from home. From what I understand, only our son and his best friend were injured. There was speeding involved. My son was a passenger in the back, and the driver somehow lost control of the vehicle, and it started to roll And our son was ejected from the car after the second roll and somehow ended up under the car. And his friend, who suffered a broken neck, tried to lift the car off of him. And I think there was another kid who also did that. As the car, the bumper was actually touching his nose. That's how close this was. And my son remembers none of that part but has started to have some nightmares. He's starting to remember some details little by little. His friend remembers everything until after he lifted the car when he passed out from the pain. You might be wondering about seatbelts. No, he was not wearing one, and I believe there were no seatbelts back there in the back seat. And most people, especially children, do not survive being thrown from a car. The fact that he did survive and his home is nothing short of a miracle. To think we almost lost our son right before Christmas. And by the way, the date, December 5th, was also the anniversary of Sean's father's death. Needless to say, it has been an emotional week. We did pretty good when we were at the hospital, but we had our breakdowns at home. And it just pains us to think of what he went through, how scared he was, and how we weren't there to protect him. Every day gets a little bit easier. We are so very thankful that he's alive, and we are trying to focus on that. You wouldn't believe how many conversations we've had with him about not getting into the cars with friends and about being careful. You know, it's just this thing with kids, with teenagers, They think they're invincible. Things can't happen to them. But one mistake could cost their life. So if you have teenagers, please 
please go ahead and share this story with them. And please pray or send well wishes for our son, Shawnee, and also his friend, Noah, who suffered the broken neck. He's not paralyzed, thank God, but he will be in a neck brace for the next eight months. One of the things that I want to share with you that made this whole experience not easier, because there's nothing easy about this, but much more tolerable is that we all get along. And it's in times like this where you realize how important it is to be able to have a relationship with the other parent. I can't imagine how hard it would have been otherwise. Amy and I were able to be there supporting one another and of course, Sean as well. And she didn't disclude me from everything because I'm only the stepmom. She knows, I hope to God she knows that I love those kids like they're my own. And she made sure that I was part of it all, that I was able to be there in the room. We worked together. Of course, Shawnee didn't have to feel tension or stress between us all. And we were all able to be around him together. And I know that helped his recovery. And I hope none of you ever have to go through anything like this, ever, ever. But we never know what tomorrow brings. So I encourage you to try to establish relationships that are at least cordial. That way, if there ever is a situation, it will be easier for you. So over here now, we are just trying to get things back to normal, but the next eight weeks might be tough. You can still expect to get normal weekly podcasts from me, as long as things are going smoothly, excluding this one, of course. Uh, I'm also thinking about taking one week off over the holidays to concentrate on my family. So I may not put out a show on December 28th, which is the week right between Christmas and New Year's. I haven't skipped any all year. So I hope you understand if I take that small break and I hope this show didn't bore you. I just really felt it was important to share with you what has been going on in my life. I know I don't talk about my life a whole lot but I really wanted to share it with you. And I needed to, of course, explain why I'm not putting out your usual podcast this week. And like I said, for us, the next eight weeks are going to be rough because we really have to keep an eye on Shawnee, make sure that he doesn't bump his head, um, that we, you know, he's going to go back for another CAT scan in a couple of weeks. And I'll update you on that. And we just need to really monitor him close, but I should be fine, um, able to put out your usual shows. And I will let you know if, if I can't. So thank you again for the outpouring of love that I received from all of you in the Facebook group. It means the world to me and and to our whole family. Next week, I will be doing the show that was supposed to be here today, which is how to stop an argument with your kids. I love you all, and I do hope that you have a wonderful week. I'm going to try to get a little bit of rest this week if I can. So kiss and hug your loved ones. And... A big hug from me. I will talk to you soon. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.